I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Halftime Adjustments on WPXI Now. Welcome to Over the Hump Day. Wow, we have a big night. Uh, here on WPXI Now. I'm Albie Oxenrider. This is Halftime Adjustments. Chris Carter from DKPittsburghSports.com is on the other end. We've got all kinds of great stuff, including the big special that we have coming up after Halftime Adjustments with the announcement of the uh, NFL schedules and the Steelers schedule. Chris, uh, there are always leaks um, one way or another, and we know that the Steelers will be opening up at Buffalo uh, your thoughts on that and what we might see tonight in what's going to be a very interesting schedule for the Steelers. It will be very interesting with the Steelers having the strongest strength of schedule in the NFL. A lot of teams are going to, are, are a lot of teams are, are, are looking at the Steelers and saying, okay, we get to line them up for a tough year. And a lot of people are wondering if the Steelers can have a strong season with with, with so many playoff opponents, but leading off with the bills, is an interesting point here, Albie, because they're going on the road to Buffalo. It's the seventh straight season where they have started the season with a road game. They haven't played at Heinz Field to kick off a season since 2014 when they beat the Browns. That's how long it's been for the Steelers, and it seems odd that that's become basically a tradition for Steelers football. But they're going on the road to Buffalo, a team that's beaten them twice in a row um, with Sean McDermott's guys in the last two years. It's going to be an interesting tone setter because the Bills are a team that ranked number two in, in overall offense last year. Uh, they scored a ton of points behind Josh Allen, but their defense was very mediocre. But in the game where they beat the Steelers, their defense – really rose to the occasion and kept Ben Roethlisberger kind of locked up for most of the game, they even had a pick six on him. So this is going to be a, a quick test, a quick barometer of where the Steelers are with their offense to start the season with, you know, new offensive line pieces, uh, you know, presumably Najee Harris getting his first NFL start and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, having to work with a new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada, they're going to get to go up against a defense that didn't rank too high last year, but still gave them problems. And that, and the bills on the road, that was one of those games. I'll that I was looking at and like, that's probably one of their toughest games because of the way the bills played last year and how they're trending very upwards with the organization. Yeah. And I mean, we know this, we know that it's a difficult, I mean, first, first of all, the AFC North is tougher than it normally is because the Browns came on last year, whether yes. or not they can continue it is another story, but, but the Browns appear to be a better team. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are a solid team. Green Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo on the road, as you mentioned. Um, and, and, and then the game that you really never know, and that's Cincinnati home and away. Uh, you never know about that as well as some other games. One thing I've learned, and, and that is, um, I haven't learned much, but <laughs> one thing I've learned is when you think a schedule is going to be the most difficult in the league, 
sometimes uh, they're able to handle that schedule a little better than some people think they would. And, you know, they talk about the Eagles having the easiest schedule in the league. Uh, you know, sometimes that might be more difficult uh, because you're looking at teams and how they performed last year. It's not always the case. You know, sometimes a lot has to go right for a team to play as well as they did last year. So perhaps it won't be as tough as everybody thinks it will be. And perhaps the Eagles will have a tougher schedule than everybody thinks. You really don't know. But it is on paper a difficult challenge uh, in what could or appears to be Ben Roethlisberger's final hurrah. And uh, let me tell you something. There's, there's a lot that has, has to fall into place, starting with that opener on the road at Buffalo, as you mentioned. Right. Again, they're playing a ton of playoff teams. They have to go on the road to play the Chiefs, on the road to play the Packers. They get to host the Titans, the Seahawks. The, 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 they have to play the Ravens and the Browns twice. That's several games. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's at least half of their, their season going up against playoff teams. That's unusual for teams. And, and, and not just playoff teams, not just wild card teams, but teams that were prominent in the playoffs, teams that were in the AFC championship game, like the Chiefs and, and, and the Packers. So, you know, there's going to be a really interesting mix here of how the Steelers fare in these in these few games. We'll see when they get some of those games. You know, the Steelers typically come on really strong in October, uh, you know, in, in the in recent years. So maybe, you know, Steelers fans, you should be hoping for some of those Chiefs and Packers games to come in during that stretch. I know we've had leaks and such that have kind of, you know, gone throughout the day. And by the time you're watching this, there are probably even more leaks before the actual release. Don't believe everything you hear because some stuff is just pure poppycock and just people trolling. But um, either way, one thing I think that the Steelers could look forward to is it looks like there's not going to be any holiday games this year. Uh, but, and that's been a stretch where they've had a game on Christmas or New Year's or Thanksgiving um, for, for, se for several of the past few years. Um, but also, you know, one thing will be interesting is with that first Bills game being at 1 p.m., how many primetime games do the Steelers get? Because with all those playoff opponents and, and the rivalries and how the AFC North had the most wins of any division last year, You'd think that there'd be a lot of primetime games. I thought for sure the Bills would be one of them. But, we're, you know, I'm wondering what's going to happen with, you know, how many games they get to play at night, whether at Heinz Field on the road. Yeah, and there are a couple of games in London as well. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I, not for the Steelers, but, but uh, you make an interesting point on the holiday games. You know, there was a stretch there when it seemed like they had a holiday game uh, at least uh, every other year or maybe even more than that. Hey, listen, schedules are fun to look when it's when it's April or May. Schedules are fun to check out because it's it, it kind of gets everybody in the mood. It kind of lets you see what exactly is ahead for them. And in our mind, they can't look at it this way. But in our mind, as early as May, mid-May, we're going to be figuring out how many wins and losses the Steelers have. <laughs> That's the way it all, always works. They don't have that luxury. They can't look ahead week to week, let alone month to month or, you know, three months down the road or four months down the road. We do have that luxury. And I agree with you that when you when you talk about Green Bay and Seattle and Tennessee uh, and, and Kansas City, as well as the game at Buffalo. Yeah, those are some very difficult games, not to mention Cleveland and Baltimore. So uh, this is a difficult run, but they knew it would be that way. And I think that uh, in some ways. Uh, that's when the Steelers are at their best, when they know there's a challenge ahead. And let's let's I know the Steelers nation is hoping that that's the case this year as they looked at the schedule. All right. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, the Penguins and where is that schedule when we come back right here on Halftime Adjustments.
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. Albie Oxenrider with Chris Carter. And yes, when we went into the break, I failed to tell you because I wanted to wait Till we had a moment all to itself to promote inside the draft coming up on WPXI now at eight o'clock. Chris will be joining me, Jenna Harner as well. We're going to be talking about the draft, everything, or not the draft. Did I say inside the draft? Inside said, the schedule. You said inside you know, that's the draft. Kind of, that, it's hump day. I'm just trying to get over the hump. Inside <laughs> the schedule. We're going to be analyzing the schedule. We're going to be talking about the opponents for the Steelers. And uh, yeah, Chris talked about prime time. So we're going to see how many of those are on their schedule as well. That's coming up at eight o'clock. All right. Speaking of schedules, Chris, are you uh, surprised? Maybe you're not that that the NHL and NBC have failed to release the schedule for the Penguins. Uh, It's Wednesday. Now, that may come tonight, but but what's the delay? I, I am surprised. I mean, this is the thing is that if hockey is going to take the step forward to become a more prominent sport among the four majors in, uh, in, in, in America, it needs to do kind of, it needs to get on the level that the NFL is doing. I know it can, I'm not saying that they need to be at the NFL's level right now, but we're, we literally just talked for an entire segment. And after this, we're talking about an entire show about what the Steelers schedule is for the, for next season. And it's, and, the, and that's, that season is five months or four months away. We're talking about when do the Penguins play the Islanders, hopefully this weekend. Like, that, that's the level that we're at here with the NHL. And I get it. COVID's tough. Things are rough. It's, it's not easy to plan everything out. And there's capacity. Things are going to be, you know, it, you know, the indoor capacity has been increased. So there could be more fans at games now, Albie. But it, it is bizarre that the NHL is just sort of dragging its feet in this situation. You know, I, I know that there's other teams that still got to finish their seasons and things, but – this needed to be handled so that tickets could be sold, that promos can be made, and and, and everyone can just get to knowing. I mean, do, do the teams even know at this point? Do you how do you you know it, it's a lot when you go into preparing for a specific day of when to play to know okay we're gonna do this kind of workout on this day, we're gonna run this kind of practice on this day, and then we're gonna try to make sure that we're rested on this day, and then be ready for game day. And when you don't know until you know a day before that's rough and that, that 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 can ruin a whole playoff schedule um, i mean heck the steelers went through that when they were trying to reschedule the ravens game you know on thanksgiving not knowing okay when do we actually prepare for this game the penguins and the islanders to through no fault of their own are, are sitting there in limbo because of the nhl and nbc and, and i think it's ridiculous yeah i mean if you know the the, the bruins and capitals will play uh, after the preakness on saturday night 
but the Penguins uh, could very well start on Sunday. And I mean, that's inside 100 hours to the game. Yeah. You talk about ticket sales. How about just the, the interest that you're generating? I mean, when you're when the interest that you're generating is what's the delay on the schedule? That's immediately a negative, uh, a negative observation of what they're handling. You're right. There are challenges this year with with COVID and the in the short season and and the trouble that that, that they had, uh, you know, with COVID and some teams still playing out their season. But they know what the matchups are in the East. Okay, right. So they they enough so that they announced the Bruins and Capitals for Saturday night, which means they have a schedule in mind. Perhaps they have a absolute schedule decided. Um, I just don't know what the delay is, but that's the way things go. The Penguins know they're going to play the Islanders. That much they know. Um, this is a defensive-minded team. I have four observations, and, and then I want to hear what you think. I uh, um, <laughs> That's an inside joke with Chris and I. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I, I think I'm very impressed with the Penguins season. I, I – think the sky's the limit for this team based on what they did in the regular season i think they are a serious cup contender there's four things that come into play as far as doubt uh one is they only play teams in their own division they, they haven't seen tampa bay they haven't seen carolina they haven't seen those other teams that's one observation the second observation is they have a pretty long layoff here between when they finish their regular season and when the playoffs will begin the third thing is you hope, and this is always a this is always an observation that they didn't peak too soon. And the fourth observation is as well as they did, and you have to play who's on your schedule, but they did play New Jersey and Philadelphia and and those teams that you expect them to beat, Buffalo, another being another one, uh, which may have inflated their point total a little bit. Having said that, I'm very impressed with the Penguins and I expect them to do good things in the playoffs. Your thoughts? I, I, well, it doesn't matter what I think. The Penguins have proven that they're a, a, a Stanley Cup playoff team. That, you know, the way they, they, they finished this season, Albie, you know, a month ago, you and I were, you know, I was, my big thing was they, are, they should be proud of the march that they had. So if they had a bad April, they could have still made the playoffs because a month ago, we were still, you know, you, two months ago, we were wondering, is this team going to make the playoffs? Are you, can they be one of the Correct. top four teams in the East? And they proved that, hey, we're not just the top four, we're number one. And I think they, hey, they deserve that respect. And, yo, know, to finish that strong through April, absolutely. Like you said, they are a cup favorite team. Um, you know, I would not doubt them for a second for being able to get there. Now, where your worries are, where your concerns are, of course, you're worried. You're worried. One, you're scared, you're scared of injuries. You know, finally, all the Penguins seem like they're getting back to being healthy. How many times have we thought that was going to happen for the Penguins this year? And then, whoop, something crazy happens. And then they're missing a key player or several key players and something goes wrong. And the, the Islanders, a team that, you, you, they, th this was the team that they want that everyone wanted them to face. You, you, you were, you know, you, they probably weren't going to face the Capitals anyways. You didn't want them to take on the Bruins because the Bruins ha had given them a hard time. The Islanders were the team that, hey, if the Penguins take them on, they've won the season series against these guys. They know how to play them. But you're still concerned that you're going to have last year what happened and your last two years what happened, and then just random bad things happen, and then you're out of the playoffs. It's, it's, so. Yes, there's still your, your normal concerns. You want to make sure that the chemistry is back involved with the Penguins, even with all their guys back at the same time. You want to make sure that their lines are, are straight um, and you want to make sure that they're healthy. But to me, if you're a Penguins fan and you're, and you're sitting there, you have to feel pretty good that your team is ready to go and take on this playoff run uh, and, and give it another go with this core that's brought you three cups already. 
All right. All this being said, I think we both agree the Penguins could do special things in the playoffs. So Great. stay tuned as soon as that schedule comes out. All right. We're back to talk about pit basketball and maybe a couple other topics might come up at some point or another. This is halftime adjustments. Chris and me will Chris and I will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments. I'll be auction rider with Chris Carter. And it has been a great uh, offseason for the Pitt Panthers uh, basketball program. Uh, and it was a rough week. Uh, they lost out on a, on a five-star recruit. They, uh, uh, they, I mean, let's face it, Justin Champagny was a special player. And uh, he officially has entered the draft. He'll hire an agent. And, uh, you know, this to go along with the, the, the transfers that they had, um, Chris, it, it, it's a difficult time. There's going to be some JUCO transfers and, 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 and there will be other ways of building up this program, but uh, Jeff Capel certainly has his hands full. He, he certainly does. I, I still think that there's, there's a lot of people out there trying to call for Jeff Capel's head. And I think that that's too much. There are three unprecedented situations that he is handling right here. One, what we all know, taking over Kevin Stallings, who had the worst winning percentage of any pit basketball coach in the last hundred years. That's that, that, that's a, that's a fact on top of several of the organizational problems that existed while Kevin Stallings was there Two, you had COVID-19 wrecked the season. You had a shortened season where they only played what 22 regular season games. Then you also had, you couldn't bring your guys in in person to work out with them for quite some time. A lot of those guys, those guys, especially that, that really strong freshman class that he brought in in 2020, they had to kind of work out in their own spaces longer than normal. Um, so that was rough on them. And now you're dealing with the trans, the transfer situation where there are over 1,550 transfer players. Albie, there were never more than 1,025, and that was last year. And last year was a whole lot, was, was a record-setting number. So, you know, this is an unprecedented situation on top of an unprecedented situation on top of an unprecedented situation for Jeff Capel. So I, I, I agree. His hands are full, and he should absolutely be given time to work things out. But, man, like you said, it's been rough. Efton Reed, a guy who reportedly the, the pit was in on and that they were really close to getting – uh, he was a five-star center from Florida, seven foot one, scorer, defender, rebounder, would have been the big man in the paint that would have changed everything, would have been the biggest name recruit that they've had since Steven Adams or Dewan Blair. And then he ended up going to LSU at the last second there. And that's got to be frustrating for Pitt. And then the day after that, Justin Champagny declares for the M NBA draft. For, for those who might not be, who, who might have brushed the last season to the side, it, it should not just be thrown away what Justin Champagne did. He, he averaged a double-double. He was the only player in the ACC to average a double-double. He was the first Pitt Panther to be named first team all ACC since they joined the conference. He was a spectacular player. But, you know, I, I, and I, and I wrote this for DKPittsburghSports.com. This is still something to celebrate the fact that he's going to the NBA draft. Um, you know, even if he's drafted super late in the second round, he will be the first Pitt guy to finish to finish his career, his college career at Pitt and then make it to the NBA since Jamel Artis. Um, you know, so that's that's still something to celebrate. But it's still rough because, like you said, Albie, five guys went went into the transfer portal. 
And now with Justin Champagny, you've lost four of your five consistent last uh, starters last season and basically rebuilding this year. Now, They've gotten some guys already. They got Nate Santos, a six foot seven sharpshooter, um, who's their lone high school guy right now. They got some transfers from different programs like Daniel Oladapo from Oakland or Jamarius Burton. Uh, but now their recent one that they got this week was Chris Payton, who was arguably the top junior college recruit uh, in the in the transfer portal. Uh, and he's a guy who averaged a double double in junior college. Now, of course, no one's going to be asking him to do that in the ACC. That's a huge adjustment. But still, he's a he's a dunker. He's a scorer. He's a rebounder. He can he has a good low post game. Those are the things that you want to see put back into the program. And now Jeff Capel has to cultivate a strong culture of guys who are going to believe in the program and, and develop these guys. Because this last year, Alvi, 2020 saw Femi Udakale. They saw William Jeffers. You hope for Noah Collier to come around. We'll see what happens with John Hugley. He's dealing with some federal charges. We'll we'll see what happens in that in, in that direction. And you still got guys like Max and Madison. You're hoping to turn around their careers maybe with a full season of working out. There's there's still a young core on this team that you can build around and hope to be AC competitive in the ACC soon. And you still got players like Ithiel Horton and Nike Sabande who showed promise this last year as transfer players and who will be there next year. So there's guys you can build around. It's not, it's not desolate and hopeless, but it's still a rough position when, you know, this time last year, everyone was hoping that this, that 2020 was going to be the year that Pitt basketball finally got, you know, further in the ACC tournament, maybe was talking about an NCAA bid and none of that happened. And now it's tough to see that happening this year with the guys that left. But like I said, Jeff Capel, he has to rebuild a culture, and he's dealing with three unprecedented situations all on top of each other. That's a lot harder than people realize. Yeah, and I think uh, the the disappointing part of this, uh, the challenges that he faces, uh, is the fact that next season, when it gets gets around late next fall, uh, you're going to be a lot closer to normalcy if you're not already there, and and. You know, two seasons ago, of course, they they had to cancel the NCAA tournament. Um, I, I know that that didn't affect Pitt, but psychologically, that was a big blow to college basketball. Then recruiting the entire time between uh, 2020 and the 2021 season, 2019-20, and then next season that followed was affected. And, and then last season was obviously affected in a big way. And if they get back to normal, you'd like things, uh, everything to be in line so they can jump right back in. And that's the other thing, the ACC, you know, all these problems that they're facing, they're having to keep up with some programs uh, that, that, that are storied. And, and it's a difficult, that, that's, the fourth thing. that's the fourth thing on top of the other yeah. three that, that makes it very difficult for Jeff Capel. Um, he, though, uh, in, in, we talked about this before, towards the end of the season, did a great job of keeping things in perspective and kind of understanding what his players were going through. And I think that the players uh, appreciate that. And I think that uh, that's the kind of leadership in the middle of all these uh, uh, very difficult challenges that, that makes, uh, makes him uh, in a good position right now. All, all right. right. Dean's telling us to wrap up. You know, just when we get rolling. You know, we got to we got to get moving because we got that big inside the schedule show coming up, not the draft, the schedule. When we come back, we'll have our final thoughts here in halftime adjustments. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Halftime Adjustments, where we always care what you think. We try to talk about the uh, issues and the subjects in sports that we know are of interest to you. And hey, let's just finish by mentioning the Pirates. Um, uh, the Pirates got to 500, and I think, you know, a lot of people were excited that they were at least were, were there. They got they, over 500 for a day. Yeah, they got over 500 for a day. And, 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 you know, now they've, despite the fact that they won last night, there's still five games under 500 and uh, listen, they're, they're competing. And, and I think that people appreciate that. They finally beat the Reds for the first time in five games. Your thoughts on where the pirates now are now as we entered late May, Chris. Well, I mean, the, the pirates right now are still the team that I've, I told you from the beginning guys, they're not, they're not going to be going anywhere important this year. This is all about developing and seeing where this team can be headed. I, I think it's very encouraging to see that these guys are fighting. And that's the thing, it, you know, if it, you don't have to have this, if you don't have the superstar players, just show your fans that you're out there every single night, every single game battling. And that's why they were called the battling buckles for so long. You do that. You'll become, you'll become beloved by your fans and you'll be helped develop a winning culture there in the locker room, in the ball club. That's what you got to do. Um, I think they're starting to do that with what little they can. All right. Make sure you stay with us. Chris, don't go anywhere. We're going to be uh, going inside the schedule next on WPXI Now. For Chris Carter, I'm Albie Oxnard. Thanks for being with us on Halftime Adjustments.